Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. So we have uh, some a little bit of news on the playoff format for the next couple of years at least. They have changed it from uh, a 6 plus 6 format that it was originally supposed to be. As expected, it's now going to 5 plus 7 where the top 5 uh, ranked conference champions will get automatic bids because with the, the Pac-12 going away, it just really didn't make sense to have more than that what did what did you think about this this move yeah i mean obviously makes sense on the on the switch i just like in general about the the 12 teamer as i've like kind of now had more time to think about it and this week they even you know you saw a lot more with the news they showed what you know last year's field would have looked like just kind of seeing a bracket and stuff made it like it look, it, I'm excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, especially the, those first few, well, the first four games, those home games. I just think that's going to be electric. You're going to get some awesome atmospheres. Like, because I was just, I never really thought about it, but you're going to get a chance to have like a whiteout, like a Penn State whiteout or something. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's going to be pretty sweet. Um, you know, it's, I mean, that was a good and, team to choose there because I feel like if there was any team I would bet on to finish in that five to eight oh, yeah, range right. Penn State would be would be the right. team right yeah and I and and when I I really really hope that this past year was kind of like a sign of things to come where it was it was kind of open and not just like two or three teams what you know it seems like every year with the yeah. playoff you, you always knew two or three but this year I looked like, like there was legitimately about eight teams that if they had that bracket I wouldn't have been shocked if if they would have won yeah yeah and now it's there is a level of excitement getting into this 12 team playoff, but it's like already we're still in flux as to what's going to happen starting in 2026, because now You're the right, big right. 10 and the sec are reportedly, you know, they were already throwing out, Hey, maybe they should have more than one automatic qualifier. They should have multiple for those conferences. So, which, which is just not surprising. I mean, they we basically know, will anyways. Like, that's a just, good, a great point. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to be cleaning up with the at larges, but I mean, that's just the Big Ten, the SEC are going to control college football moving forward. We know it's going to happen. So, yeah, all these rules in the future and structure is going to shift towards them. And they'll probably, you know, we've talked about this before, but long run, they'll eat up all the best teams from, uh, you know, ingest all the other teams from the other conferences. But even with like, say it all kind of stays equal, I think that we're going to kind of have to learn and adapt a little bit to this because like the one thing that I may I might have to get used to is you know we'll see how it shakes out but with with there being kind of these less leagues obviously one less league without the Pac-12 there's a higher chance we're going to see some rematches regular season rematches um mm-hmm. you know throughout the playoff and not that that's always a bad thing but you just hope that the way it shakes out you don't have too many of those but yeah um, and and there could also be three matches you know if uh teams true. play in the regular season conference title and then the conference the title yeah yeah that's uh, thank goodness for the bye, just because I, I, re- you, I really did one of my favorite weekends is conference championship weekend and or in in rivalry weekend. That like those, those last two weeks are so fun, and you know with the twelve teamer it diminishes it a little bit, but having that bye really adds that incentive to play. Well, and I think conference championship weekend gets better, gets a little, I think a little better because probably, of right? the twelve yeah. team playoff because more opportunities you want that that first round buy is is pretty valuable and so you can't get that even if you're 12 and 0 uh you can't get that unless you win your your conference title now 
people are going to, um, and there won't be any like quote unquote meaningless power conference titles, right? Because those, yeah. the winner is always going to the playoff. Um, but, uh, people are already, I think, preemptively complaining, wait a second, the, the four seed is, is going to be, you know, somewhat either the big 12 or ACC oh, right. champion in all likelihood, I guess the favorite there would probably be the big 12 and it could be, you know, a nine and three Oklahoma state or something like that. So that is, you know, a little funky that they'll be seated better than the, yeah, like Georgia. 11 and one Georgia or whoever it is. So that, yeah. that will be a little bit odd, but Hey, the, the deck is, is stacked against all these non big 10 sec schools so much that, I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and I also I really was thinking care. like I was wondering about Notre Dame. Like they pretty much at the way it's set up, they can't get a top four. Which mm-hmm. you thought they you would think inherently they would be against that, but now I think about it, it's like they basically get a buy by not having a conference title game. So you could look at yeah. it that way. They don't have to worry about that's one week. They're not going to play that weekend anyways, and. So if they're even and, good enough to be a top four, but yeah, exactly. It's only literally, it will only hurt them ever if they're a top four team. And even in that case, they're still in, they're getting a home game. They'll be yeah. you know, in the, there'll be a five seed and, and get a, a home game. So that's not the worst thing. And they, you know, I guess they had to give a little something. They're like, Hey, we're not in a conference We're we're being included. We can, we can give up something. I know the this one, is old news. We already knew this, but I know. I, I was looking at the schedule too. You know what is kind of weird about this that I do not like. Mm. So the 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 first home games will be sweet. That's like a three of them. There's like one on a Friday night, three on a Saturday, mid December. Like that's pretty cool. And then the New Year's is going to be sweet because there's all the quarterfinals around New Year's Day. But the two semis are on a Thursday and Friday, and it's like the ninth and tenth. It's not even like a holiday Thursday Friday. So that's a little that's. And maybe that, that's just kind of way the calendar's shaking out, but they, because yeah. they don't want to interfere with the playoffs, NFL playoffs on Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So it's odd. I don't know, though. I kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know I, how I, I feel like I'm going to watch. It's not going to hinder yeah, me from yeah. watching, but it's just, just. I, to me, it's better than a Monday, Tuesday because it's not like I'm not going out I, to bars or anything anymore. So I don't get like Friday night. Sweet. Give me a college football I game. I do to like watch. the Friday night action. Yeah. No, and I agree. It's better than Monday, Tuesday. And but, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's get to the what we're discussing in this episode. We're going to do our, our five-year future rankings for the Big Ten. We did this last year for the SEC, so if you haven't, you can uh, just about a year ago, you can go back and listen to that episode and, and see how we're doing so far. But, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're doing it for the Big Ten. It's just how good will these teams be over the next five years? And every year counts equally, so... Uh, if a team's really good right now, you got to keep that in mind, even if you think they're going to, they're going to get worse throughout the next few years. So, uh, we both made our own list. We combined them and Trey. Oh yeah. I wanted to, to ask you cause we were about to discuss oh, it yeah. before we started the podcast, but save it for the pod, save it for the pod. What stuck out to you overall making this, these rankings? I don't know about overall, but the, I think I'm guessing you and I are in agreement where personally, from like about I think twelve to eighteen for me yes. was like I could just almost almost put them in a hat and shuffle them. I mean, maybe a couple you wouldn't, but like twelve through eighteen, especially was, like yeah, was so to hard for me. So, yeah, it was just so difficult, and we'll get into them here. But I, I just I 
that bottom kind of third or whatever, half to a third, I just, I struggled with. And I, and if you made an argument to me about moving one, five spots higher on that between that 12 to 18, I wouldn't really have a problem. It was, it was difficult. Completely agree. I know when you're about to come out with rankings saying you have no conviction in like the first third is kind of weak, but that's just, that's the truth on that. But I will say the the rest of it though, yeah. I mean, I'm, I may not be right, but I feel good about my Yeah, rankings. I think after that, there's like a, there's kind of like three tiers or so uh, of those next, you know, 10 or 12. Yeah. Where like okay. you kind of have clear cut tiers, but we'll get to them here. So who's number 18? Who's last? Oh, yeah. So unfortunately, it's Northwestern. And, you know, before I made these rankings, like I personally would have thought Northwestern, I would have had a few, few spots I, higher. I was a few slots higher. Oh, you personally, because I love what Braun did, obviously, this past year with having success. But I just, the fact of the matter for me was their team talent is so poor. The recruiting is last in the Big Ten. And the way I look at it is they're, they're going to be one of those West Division teams that might struggle the most in the near future. You know, and I, I take it back. I had them one slot higher. So. Oh, oh, bold. <laughs> yeah, very bold. Um, okay, well, number 17, <coughs> excuse me. Don't get choked up about it. I know. It's just the uh, Rutgers. Rutgers. I'm choked up uh, because our, you know, longtime listener Rutgers Todd. I'm sorry to have him uh, so low. Um, but this one actually was a little bit high. I had them 15th personally, so I was, you know, in this random ranking at the end here. I yeah. was a little bit higher because um, they were pretty decent last year and they return a ton. So I think they'll get off to a pretty good start in this this five years. I think uh, 2024 will be pretty solid. But they are, of course, one of the least talented teams in the conference, and they've just had a pretty rough decade. So, you know, I, I can see the, I would expect them this year to be better probably than, you know, how they'll be in two, three, four years down yeah. the road. Like Shiano's got them out of the depths, but there's still some room to go to go. All right. So this one, I think, might have been our biggest discrepancy, possibly Indiana uh, was 16th. I had them last. I uh, OK. I, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So make your case why you were you were higher. So I had them, I had them like thirteenth or something. Like, and here's my case. It's it's and it's it's purely because, and I waffled on Indiana, but I went with Kurt Signetti factor. Um, I, I just think he's a solid coach. I think he can lift them given what he did at James Madison. Now, at the end of the day, I do agree. Indiana is a very tough place to win. Like Tom Allen yeah. left them in a bind three straight losing seasons, not a ton of talent, of course. And this is crazy. I looked this up since 1995. So we're talking almost 30 years. Only three times have they finished with a winning record. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I, why I, I just, didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. And they're just, they're starting in a bad spot. I, I hear what you're saying about Signetti, but I just, I don't have enough confidence in it. Like I like the hire for sure, but yeah, it's still, yeah, no, it's, it's it's still they a were one of that, level and I wrote that like to, they're one of them that I I waffled on and this was one that I had to throw in a hat. Well, that's why we both do rankings. I feel like this is probably a good spot for them. We you know we settled in the middle. Yeah, uh, number fifteen is Purdue, and you know before Jeff Brom, they had a pretty long stretch of struggling, and in year one after Jeff Brom, they struggled. They were four and eight under Ryan Walters. They've got a lot of turnover on the roster. Walters is just totally unproven. Um, so yeah. I don't have the confidence that he's going to, you know, turn it around. This, 
you know, they recruit fine, but not, I mean, yeah, they, had, not, they, not they brought in a, a big transfer class this year. So, I mean, there's some reason for, for optimism. Um, and they're not, you know, haven't been like as bad of a program as say, as the teams below them. So that's, that's why they're 15th, but I couldn't go much higher. Yep. Number 14, we have Illinois. And, you know, if I was making this list last year, I think I would have had Illinois higher because um, b seemed to have them, you know, at least on the right path. Um, I'm not necessarily giving up on them, but it's kind of an uphill climb now. He, Illinois as a program has only had one winning season since 2011. He's going into year four. And this past year, their team talent composite was was last in the Big Ten. Um, they And then in recruiting, they finished 16th out of the 18 this year um so he for him to get for illinois to get out they, he needs a good year four because this is starting to get up to you know put up or shut up time so he needs a decent year four to help them kind of get out of this hole and, and climb higher on this list okay i think we maybe take a little step up here number 13 maryland they're i yeah they're just kind of i would say the top of the programs with bad recent histories here so because and you know you get super recent history for for maryland they haven't been bad they've gone to three straight bowl yeah. games mike loxley's been recruiting decently and now maybe not having to play michigan ohio state and penn state every year um you know with the lack of of divisions could make it easier for them to to keep this run going where they're they're making bowl games consistently we'll see sure they just it was weird didn't they they took a little step back recruiting wise this year and they're going to be without italia but they but did yeah. not have a good class yeah um Number 12, Minnesota. I personally think this is kind of the right spot for, for them. Uh, Fleck is entering year eight and now going no divisions. I, I just don't really know how much better he can get the Gophers. Um, he's done very well with them. Uh, but the thing is, they're, they were six and seven this past year. His name has been rumored for other gigs. So I'm kind of trying to think, okay, maybe he's he might exit in the next five years. And then in recruiting and team talent, they they were twelfth, so they're kind of right in this in this spot. Um, he does get tend to get more out of his guys, but it was tough to put him or these guys, Maryland, or sorry, Minnesota, at much higher. Yeah, which they they were a weird one to deal with because if you look at his overall tenure there, like it's been good. I, it has, but a couple but their, nine their season win total for twenty twenty four is like four and a half. I mean, I think the over is favored, but uh, that's you know we're, we're only ranking a five-year stretch and year one is not expected to be very good so yeah i think 12 is a good spot number 11 another tough team to rank ucla because you know even with with chip kelly not being a, a good recruiter they still have a roster that's that's pretty talented in the upper half i would say yeah. in the conference in terms of, of recruiting talent but their latest class was very bad this sort of transition class um they're nil program seems pretty weak so with you know the increased importance of that i I don't doesn't bode well at least right now for ucla's future deshaun foster you know new head coach total wild card yeah do not know at all what to expect from him so i i just think you know even though they've been pretty good the last four years they're winning eight games moving forward i would not expect that i I think they're going to be more of a borderline bull team yeah it'd be bold to have them much higher given the stability ahead of them. All right. Number 10, Iowa. So I, this really got me thinking about Iowa. Like I won't, I wonder if Ference is going to be there for five more years. Um, 
he's obviously yeah, been maybe not. very good there. He, he develops the talent he gets, uh, has a random magical year here and there. Um, but as we look forward, you know, the talent that they have and the recruiting puts them around this spot. Uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of questions about the offense. And it, it's a shame because if they did have at least a decent or more potent, potent offense, you'd definitely put higher, uh, put Iowa higher, given how good that that defense with Phil Parker usually is. Yep. Um, okay, moving on to number nine. We have, who do we have here? Michigan State. Um, I actually, I had these swapped, so we were just, I think, a little bit different there. I was a little bit higher on Iowa, given the, just, I guess, the stability. But um, having Michigan State as high as ninth is us giving major respect to Jonathan Smith because they were, you know, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten last last year, arguably the worst team. And so this first one or two years of this five-year stretch, you know, could be rough. Um, but the program recruits well. Smith, of course, a really good head coach, and he has a promising young quarterback coming in with him, Aiden Childs. So uh, I don't think it will take him as long to get it going at Michigan State as it did at Oregon State. Like the the resources are there at Michigan State to to get pretty good in in a – pretty quick um uh, turnaround so yeah we'll see yeah and it's fun so i actually number eight team is washington and i actually had sparty uh, there i had them higher than washington and iowa um just because i do think john i know they're starting very low that's that's the problem is you yeah. know this first year two could be tough but i i think john and smith has the chance to outperform uh a team like washington in the next five years but we'll see you know just because with Washington, we've talked about it, of course, but they're basically hitting reset um, on the roster, the coaching staff, entering a new conference. Like we really have no idea kind of what to expect. So they they were really difficult. Um, now they're the talent that they usually pull in recruiting wise could would slot them in this spot, you know, uh, middle to upper half of the conference. Uh, it happened to be eighth this year. So now it just comes down to: Do you believe in Jed Fish? Can he? recapture the magic that he that he started to have at, at Arizona their over under win total is seven and a half but the under is a huge favorite um so you know I'm think I'm thinking okay say they go six and six that this first year the year two is going to start to be really important for them at least when we're t- looking at these these five-year rankings yeah yeah that's true it's a tough act to follow for fish uh number seven not a tough act to follow for Matt Rule at Nebraska. <laughs> so seven straight <laughs> seasons without a bowl game for Nebraska, and we have them seventh in a really okay. strong conference. Maybe this looks like a homer pick, and and we are maybe Michael. You and I are not homers. We typically are not homers. Yeah, we. That's that is true. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I just Matt Rule's a proven solid head coach. This upcoming year, Nebraska is returns a ton of production so they're supposed to win you know go around seven and five or so um they just got a five-star quarterback so that's huge he, there's there's yeah. a, a lottery well more than a lottery ticket because you know five stars are uh have a decent chance of being very good um and there's probably only five maybe six teams in conference that recruit better than nebraska so um yeah it's it's just you got a, a competent coach that is bringing in talent. I, I think things are, are looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely better than 
what they were, but but yeah, they got to prove it now. Uh, number six, Wisconsin. I I I like Luke Fickle. Um, you know, I just I think the this year one was was kind of tough, but he's had the we obviously know about all the recent success he had at Cincinnati. He brought in some good talent in this class. They have fourteen four stars. Um, it, I will admit though, it's a big year for the offense and Phil Longo. Though uh, you know it, it sputtered last year. Um, if they if they end up being stuck in the mud again this year, it might it might make it a little harder to get out. But but I'm confident in the program. Um, the defense seems in good hands. Their run of success has really elevated the program's floor just to be in this ranking. Okay, now we're into the the top five, and we actually had a tie for fourth place. Uh, so uh-huh. I was a little bit higher on Michigan. You were a little bit higher on USC. So they are they are tied for fourth. I'll make the case for why I think Michigan will be better for the next five years. Of course, they lost Jim Harbaugh uh, and a lot of the staff. So I, I'll I think they'll fall back like you do. But they just they still have just the the culture and the identity and have been successful the last few years. I think that it's got to carry over at least somewhat. And the knock on them continuing to be elite is that they don't recruit elite classes. But neither does USC under Lincoln Riley right now. It's like the Michigan and, and, and USC, I think moving forward, might have similar talent. I mean, it it's, could go either way in terms of uh, recruiting. And because I think Michigan is, well, they're definitely favored to be a decent bit better here in 2024. So yeah. they, they could get, they're favored to get a little bit of a lead in this five-year race. I don't have enough confidence in the direction of USC's program to think that they will pass them up. All right. So for USC, now I'm not terribly confident, but me, it's just more of a play on believing more in Lincoln Riley and the SC potential versus yeah. what I think is the total unknown of Sharon Moore and Michigan without Harbaugh and losing so much of the staff and, and talent, you know, yeah, I just, I keep going back to like a year ago, SC was this close to making the playoff. Um, you know, he didn't just forget how to coach. Like he, he, he puts out amazing offenses. I know that the defense has struggled like they, this year they had a tough stretch of games. The defense really let them down. Now he's addressing that got a you know, a more competent proven defensive coordinator their team talent last year was top 10 in the country. The recruiting has been straight up better than Michigan's. Now this past year, it was like dead even. Um, so I agree with you, you know, going forward, who knows there, but, and, and, you know, like you've talked about SC's talent or recruiting should be better, but you know, that's kind of a different conversation. So the way I'm looking at it now is as long as the bottom doesn't fall out for SC this year, I'm not going to overreact even to this upcoming year, like, cause they, they got a tough slate. They, they start the year with LSU. They have to play at Michigan who we we're just talking about. Then Penn state a few weeks later, pretty tough, but, My but God. I'm, I, I'm, if the defense shows any improvement helps invigorate some NAL money, I'm a little bit more bullish on SC's future, but it is okay. tough. Like they're one in one a and right here. No, I think, I think you made a good case though. Um, but, uh, but I think we're both comfortable with, both of these programs behind number three, Penn State, because they're just in a very stable, solid position right now. They continue to recruit well. They won double-digit games the last two years. They bring back a ton of production, so I think they're going to have a very strong 2024. James Franklin has a big contract. Is just a, I know he gets a lot of crap, but he's, I think, a very good coach. If you throw out the, uh, even if you don't throw it out, but, but throw out the, the COVID season, 
it's something like you know six of the past seven years they're winning 10 11 games so he's just he's he's doing a very good job and i think the best could be yet to come with even just with the expanded playoff that'll help them they would have made a lot of playoffs if if there was a 12 team 12 teamer um but also just the fact that we expect michigan to take a step back penn state could kind of take their spot yeah and they they had a good offensive coordinator hire that's right yeah i love kotel nicky from from Kansas. kansas so that yeah that could help yeah all right number two uh i think well, yeah, one, like you said, one, two, and three, I think it's very easy. Number two, Oregon. It's just, mm-hmm. it's hard not to be bullish on them given how well they've played the first two years under Lanning, but mainly, of course, the recruiting success that they're having. Like this Nike money is real. I mean, and it's just amazing that they're very fortunate. Like, what a perfect time for them to go to the Big Ten. It shouldn't be a huge challenge for them. You know, usually it's so tough to blend into a new league. But the roster as it is, is set to give them a legit chance at the playoff next year. Uh, then you factor in they finished third in the country in high school recruiting. The transfer hall is nice, too. Like, it's pretty remarkable that to even, you know, potentially think that the way it's trending, they could be almost near the same talent level as Ohio State by the end of this five-year stretch. It's possible. I Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. Well, I guess I I could be more bullish on them, but it would be hard for me to be more bullish on Oregon's future right now. Like I think I think they're going to be a uh, be competing for national titles, you know, over the next few years. They're just they're just bringing in talent, and and they and if they don't, you know, if they have a hole, they're gonna pony up in in the transfer portal. Like they're they're just not going to have bad quarterback play because they'll. You know, they just paid top dollar for for Dylan Gabriel, who I think was the best. And Dante Moore, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and they've got a backup. They got Dante two, Moore. but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they've 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 built a machine there. Uh, but number one, I think you're trying too hard if you go with anyone but this team, yeah. Ohio State. Ten straight seasons finishing in the top ten. They have the most talent in the conference. They seem to have upped their NIL commitment this past off season, keeping a ton of players oh, wow. who who could have gone pro. Um, Ryan Day, uh, it's, it says something about the program when Ryan Day gets a lot of crap and, you know, he sucks. You could argue is, is, uh, on the cusp of being on a hot seat. And yet he's, since he took over as head coach, 38 and three in big 10 play. So like, my God, they're, uh, <laughs> they're just, they're always great. Yeah. But those three were important. I know. I know. It, it's, it's that pretty is wild. So that is wild. <laughs> I didn't even wait. So he's 38. No against everyone else he's 38 now against the rest of the big 10 and yeah yeah and a couple of these games where it could have gone wow nuts very very crazy but uh but anyway there you have it that is our ranking of the 18 teams in the big 10 for the next five years um i think we nailed it i think so i think so just like we did last i'll set the calendar for about three years from now and just confirm how how good we are looking i you should i really like actually i would recommend doing this setting calendar alerts anytime you have a prediction um (laughs) i've i'm sure i've told this story on the pod before but one time in college i was hanging out with a buddy and we were just talking about you know who's going to win the nba title and Uh so we so i said okay why don't you tell me who you think is going to win for the next 10 years i'll write them all down here in a calendar alert so that in 10 (laughs) years on my iPhone, I'll get an alert and I'll text you. <laughs> and so I, you know, 
uh, lost touch, not lost touch, but I just didn't talk. You know, he was a friend in college, but we, whatever, weren't friends afterwards. But 10 years later, I got the calendar alert and remembered it. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. So I texted him. He's like, wow, I remember that. But I think he, he got all of 10 wrong, I think. I mean, it, after about like three years in, in advance, yeah. like the, the league is going to change completely. But that's a fun, uh, fun exercise. Yeah, it was a lot of bowls, I think, because that might have been D Rose. I, oh. I remember the timing. And uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so we have a podcast, though. So it's very easy for us to just go back and listen to episodes from we it's it's can't get it's rid of it. there. It's out there. So anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of the College Football Bros, and we will talk to you next week.